All right, we're live. Hello, everybody, to episode four with the Talking Stick podcast. Today's guest is going to be Jessa. Jessa Calderon. Do a little intro. Let me invite her real quick. So, we're excited to have this artist on our page and on our Instagram. Here she is joining us right now. What's going on? Hey, fam. How are you? Good seeing you. Likewise. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Happy birthday to both lovely ladies. Thank you. Yep. Two-day party. Yep, two-day party. She's exhausted over here. Nice. How did that go? Wallets burned. It went good. It went good. <laughs> just a real small gathering? Oh, yeah. Like, for me, for my birthday, we just took pictures. Uh -huh. We got a cake, and that was it. And then for her... I went not all out, but I I made like a bunch of decorations for her, and then her grandparents came over, oh, and nice. um, his sister, and it was just us, you know, just immediate family, and um, yeah, that was it. It was like back to back. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I was like, dang, they're gonna be busy throughout these next years <laughs> having to. <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't realize it until this year I was like damn it's gonna be like every year now <laughs> yeah I had to give up my birthday for my little cousins because they Aww. we share the same weekends or whatever so I'm like all right it's whatever y'all want to do <laughs> but I didn't realize that everybody was gonna have a COVID birthday <laughs> what, oh Monday I want to play rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, you won. Yay. One more. Rock, paper, scissors. Scissors. Yeah, do scissors. I you won. Good game. No, that's gonna sit right there. Okay. Okay. In the new mask you got going, that looks beautiful. Oh yeah, thank you. Oh my god, it's like coming out with new things or trying to like change it up a little thing. Like in the background, people don't know, but it just takes a lot, like testing or trial, and then okay, once we figure right. something out, what fabric, how many, and then to produce it all, and then having kids. Yeah. Having, like, you know, just other things going on. But I was pretty excited once it finally came out. And like, people were liking it. I got to send you one. Let me know which one you like, and I'll send you one. Good looking. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, no, I like them. They're, they're good. And you know me. I'm going to definitely uh, wear it and take pictures and let people know where to get it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you always do. Thank you for always showing me love. <laughs> yep. You already know. My, my designs. Okay. Like how our family love. Yeah. I know. Um, okay, so let me see. We got a few people on stopping us. Okay, let's uh, go ahead and introduce ourselves. And then, um, again, like he said, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to uh, Talking Stick, episode number four. We're here with Jessa Calderon. Jessa is Tongva and Chumash. She is a songwriter, author, poet, hip-hop artist, performer, hypnotherapist, massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> energy worker and she does guided meditation i mean she does it all she mm -hmm. and girl you keep adding more things to your list since i <laughs> met you it's like 
more things going and going, which I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. You know, I know that you've um, been learning a lot of things too, like touching into different things that that you're doing now. Like, because when I met you, you were just, um, you were just doing um, singing. I mean, singing and rapping. Okay, hold on. Please take over. <laughs> and rapping. She's all excited. But yeah, um, one thing that I wanted to touch upon was the with you was the two worlds right you're down there in socal and a little bit on your background growing up that's what i want to go over first so how was it down there so growing up for me i grew up in the san fernando valley los angeles county um so it was like you know we always knew that we were native and native to this general area uh -huh. but we grew up with mostly like mexicanos right um chicanos like that yeah. whole um cholo vibe was going on so <laughs> all of us natives you know that grew up out here we, we those of okay hold on let me take that back those of us who who walked the native way mm -hmm. you know had so much struggle because we were living in the barrios right we were living in the hoods mm -hmm. and so it mm -hmm. was like we come home from powwow and it's like gunshots and, and crack cocaine and, and you know what I mean? Joints <laughs> and yeah. it was just so much illegal activity that we were growing up in and around and it was hard to navigate. But being that we had like the native um, lifestyle to support us and, and, and the teachings in it, it was easier for us to understand how that wasn't the way, but mm -hmm. still kind of like, you know, I remember, um, I remember one time I was walking up the street and I was in normal clothes and I got harassed by the cops. In fact, there was two male cops and they were digging in my pockets and, and, you know, reaching in where they shouldn't have been reaching in. And then fast forward to like two weeks after that, I was in my scrubs, right? Because I was going to school for massage therapy and I seen like a wall mm -hmm. of, of people that were being harassed and I was free to walk past them with no issues because I was wearing these scrubs and so surely I was a good person then or whatever. I don't know how they like measure it, but it was a lot of that like just struggle of, you know, um, being judged. Like imagine me growing up in the hood at 15 years old with this marking, which this is what our women would get for their, their coming of age ceremonies, right? So imagine how these ignorant cops would be treating me then when all I'm doing is representing my my identity culture, yep. right. identity. and yeah. so it's like growing up mm -hmm. in the hood with this skin color it's a crime straight up mm -hmm. and so um it was hard you know and I'm grateful that I made it past 18 because I really didn't think I was and then when I made it to 21 I was like mind blown you know and now here <laughs> I am in my 30s like I just I'm I'm very grateful for it Elder status, huh? No. <laughs> hey, out here in the hood, that's veterana status. You're veteran at that point. Damn. Once you get past oh. 25 in the hood, you're a veteran. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I can relate to you on that subject. Um, but, um, but with me, I didn't have that culture, so... I kind of was going more towards that way, towards like, um, well, I was hanging out with gangsters, you know, being in the hood and all that. Like, I started going that way, but then, like, um, I slowly started growing up, and then I started seeing things differently, and so it took right. me a while to, like, get out of that mindset, 
but I, I completely understand on everything that, that you're saying, seeing it now, how I'm, I'm learning about culture that it would have been twice as hard for me to navigate something like, or to try to avoid certain things or like, how do I go? Like, where do I go with this? Or this is how the culture is. But then you're in this, you're living where it's happening way different and you have to um, like adapt to where you're growing up at because then you, like you said, you may not make it to a certain age. And so I know that could be like an issue too, adding on more to like, which way do you go from there? But, um, but, um, oh, but you know what? Don't, don't get it twisted. I did hang out with the Cholos. Because growing up in the hood, you have all these, you know, Mexicanos being like, oh, it's so cool that you're native. I wish I was native, you know? And I'm like, um, like, bro, we're rocking the same skin color, dog. Like, you're native, but <laughs> culture in you. people like, are from Mexico. Acknowledge uh -huh. it. Identify it. Out mm -hmm. of it. You're not Spanish. Oh, you ain't got blue eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you're, you're from the same continent that I'm from. Yeah. So I would educate a lot of these cholos. And oh. I give them the ideas because you know I'm not perfect I made mistakes and I've I've committed crimes and things that I shouldn't have done desperate measures and I'm not gonna sit here and say I didn't you know um, right. but at the end of the day I always had you know when I was like eight I'll take it back when I was eight I was already meditating and well call it what you want but sitting with self you know mm -hmm. sitting with self mm -hmm. and and listening from within and that whole thing so I already knew that I was going to be a massage therapist. I would always tell my mom, why do I have to go to school? I already know what I want to do. Why can't I just go to massage school? You know, and it was just that thing of like, no, this is the order that it goes. So I always had those things. So in the hood, when they're like, you know, um, gangbang culture, this, this and that, I'm like, I, I hang out with you guys because I we're, we're lost people. Like we vibe with each other in that way of, you know, um, having the anger and the depression and mm -hmm. and the you know white man's against us and we all it, it's their similarities in, in these cultures you know mm -hmm. so we identified with each other in so many ways and we love to smoke pot you know so it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there there was a point for me where i was like no i'm not gonna take that exact route y'all are taking because i know what i want to do mm -hmm. i already know that this is what i'm going to do as soon as i graduate high school or you know as soon as i turn 18. and so i knew what I wanted for mm. me. Whereas the majority of these people that I grew up with, they don't know what they want to do because they're so lost in the system. In, and to mm -hmm. give you an example, myself, when I was 12, I was told by a substitute teacher that I was going to um, go to juvenile hall at 12, 13, I'll be pregnant and I'll be dead by 15 because that's just how it goes for you people. Right? Mm -hmm. And so how many children my age hear that and go okay so i'm gonna just go be a you know mm -hmm. a no good piece of whatever because that's what these white adults are telling me that i'm worth program you know so, yeah so a lot of the kids in the hood would fall into those categories because of what's being pressed on them mm -hmm. and i was that one person that because i was always within i would like fall into that category for a second because you know it does it it starts to condition you and then i would mm -hmm. sit within and i'm like no 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 no. remember your path remember your path mm -hmm. and so i'd go back on path 
and then the conditioning hits you again, right? There's more stuff being piled and thrown at you. And mm -hmm. so I start to go off trail and then I'll sit within and I'm like, no, no, remember your path. So I've always had that blessing to like push me back in the right direction. Nice. Wow, that's good. And when did you start rapping? Well, for me, it started as poetry. So I started doing poetry oh, when okay. I was eight or nine years old too. After the, the when I knew I was going to be a massage therapist, I was already mm -hmm. massaging people, right? Eight years old. And at the same time, I was told <laughs> that I, I was told that I was also going to be an entertainer. So oh. I was already and and um writing my poetry and and i was writing stories people didn't nobody knows this about me but at that age i was writing stories oh, and i didn't know that <laughs> i never really said it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with my brother um you know two of my brothers we were listening to cypress hill and like you know different hip-hop uh groups and whatnot and my brother steven really picked it up he was like a really really good rapper and he was one of those rappers that like will sit there and and pick on every single thing about you and like clown you and mm -hmm. make you like go home crying Cry. you know <laughs> <laughs> and and but that was like the cypher world that's what it was about you know so i would watch them when i was about 12 i would watch them in their little circle and they'd go one by one in bus flows and then finally i i remember sitting there going that's poetry that's just poetry over a beat i could do that so i was kind of like thinking for like a minute of what could i say because uh -huh. i, I don't want to say anything and sound stupid you know so i went into the circle <laughs> yeah. and just these two guys right and i'm just standing there like let's see if anybody notices and so this guy goes and then i went and everybody was just like, okay, there's this girl who never says a word. And all of a sudden, she's <laughs> rapping. <laughs> so that's what started it for me right there. Because they all came up and gave me my props. and was like surprised and said I was good. And so then I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. I could be a rapper. So I started writing then. And then at 15, working with my brother, doing hooks for him, mm -hmm. who they called him um, Custom Rhymes. And then at 16, I was writing for other people in, in you know, around the neighborhood. Oh. And at 18, I was put into, um, like, a rapping crew. They were, like, a Chicano, you know, Mexicano rapping crew from Pacoima. And they were huge. When I was a kid, they were huge. I remember sitting on the curb listening, okay. and I'm like, one day I'm going to work with these guys. Watch. And then oh. next thing you know, I'm part of their crew. And I'm singing their <laughs> Oh, and so that happened when I was 18. And then um, when my brother passed away, when I was 22, I stopped. I just said, forget it. I'm done. I, I don't want to do this. And then um, when Honor was two years old, when I was, um, I guess, 25, so three years old, when um, I was 25, he was like, no, mom, you got to go to the studio. You got to get back in it. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't think yeah. so. So it just kind of it just kind of like spiraled into it because I took him to the studio just to check things out and mess around. Uh, and uh -huh. from that point, people were like kind of throwing it on me. Oh, yeah, you're you're going to drop an album and you're going to do this, this and that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But it just <laughs> I could feel the pressure from the community of how much they wanted me to do it, you know, and I was just like, you know what, just for shits and giggles, let's go. And then it just kind of turned into where I'm at now. Nice.
fan. I know. I've seen the songs that you came out with, your videos. Like, I've seen it all. Like, as you're coming out with them, I'm like, oh, she made a video. Like, oh, she has this and she's seen that. Like, I've seen how you come out with a bunch of stuff. Because we met, like, well, I met you when I met Johnny. Like, when I met, when I was with Johnny, I met everybody at, in the Powell Circle. <laughs> so, let's just say, like, 2012 that we met. So we've known each other for a while, but um, yeah, I've seen everything that you've been coming out with and doing. Um, like I said, I'm proud yeah. of you. That's that's awesome Thank that you. everything that you've been doing. Thank you. You know, well, the interesting thing about that is a lot of people, um, when when I first started doing my music and, and, and I dropped the album or whatever, a lot of people <clears> that I grew up with are like, hey, put me on, put me on. Like if I'm some big timer and I'm like, <laughs> I go to I would go to work for massage, right? And I would get my mm -hmm. tips. So a lot of my cash tips, I would save it to the side and I would save up for a beat, you know? So I get my mm -hmm. beat. Oh, okay. Match the song that I'm going to do to it and then I go to work and I save my tips and then I I make enough tips so that I can go into the studio. Mm -hmm. And so it was my my you know, tips that were paying for my side hustle. And, you know, I'd go into the studio, record my track. And so I had to pay for all of that out of pocket. So mm. people think, like, either that I'm rich or that it's hella easy. <laughs> but either way, uh. hell no, it ain't. I'm not <laughs> It's not easy. But it's dedication. Like, how mm. much do you really want to put your stuff out? Whether you're good or you're not. Mm. If it's your passion, it's about ha having that means. I know, like... I don't want to put anyone on blast, but some people that I know and love, they think that, well, if I want to do this, if I want to be a rapper, then all I got to do is just rap. But it's like, you got to know the business stand of it. You know, mm -hmm. you got to have, you got to have the financial means to support you, you know? So mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it than just like, but I, I'm a good rapper, you know? Cause a lot mm -hmm. of good rappers out here in the hood, they don't ever get heard cause they don't have that financial backing. Mm, yeah. yeah there's a lot more to it that a lot of people don't see yeah so i wanted to throw that out in case anybody here watching you know thinks that it's that easy like no find your hustle that's gonna put you up on what it is you really want to do you know and then and then even at that you know i would go to the powwows and sell my stuff there like you've got to have a place where you can where you can sell your merch and all of that you know mm -hmm. to make that that work for you and get and get your word out mm-hmm and then dedication, just like you said, is like once you started, like, are you willing to go through all these obstacles and still keep pushing and going mm -hmm. and um, figuring it out as you go? Um, it's yeah. doable. Anybody out there, it's doable. But, you know, she's okay. giving you, Jess is giving everybody tips on, like, what to expect or, like, just giving you guys help. Like, if you're ready, go for it. But get ready or um, <laughs> figure things out as you go. Get an escort. Yeah. Escort? Yeah, escort. Put it all escort. in that corporation. Oh, <laughs> it's, business plan. It's, it's to take care of yourself because you also don't, you know, you don't want to just put it all on your name if if you're out performing and something happens. Like, do you? So if you if you realize your business aspect, you're you're looking out for yourself. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, enjoy it, have fun with it, and because that's what can also drive you to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's been fun. Like, I that's the one thing, too, I'm realizing is how much, you know, you do say something's going to happen, how things can happen for you, you know. And 
I re like I said, I remember sitting on that curb being like, I'm gonna work with these guys. I'm gonna work with these guys. And so one day I was hanging out with my adopted brother, Giant, and he was like, hey, I'm gonna take you to meet this guy real quick. And he's the one who introduced me to that crew, you know? Oh. So, so it's just when like, when you put things in the universe, it totally can work for you, you know? It's crazy how it happens, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know? And so even with the music, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, but then Point. I know you remember when um when I signed with that really famous uh we'll call him an actor right well, yeah. he's an actor it was so toxic <laughs> I know I don't like to put him on blast but um it was such oh, a toxic yeah? environment for mm. me like it was it was funny because he would be like don't be native in public don't be native in public and, and him he'd be like oh mija did i tell you that i'm native and i'm like are you for real like just it was horrible but so i remember like being in that feeling and being like i don't want to be a part of this anymore i don't want this and then i would go perform and i met frank juan and tanea um winder and all of these you know beautiful artists and i, I remember guy. i picked up the airport <laughs> huh? <laughs> i know that guy I picked up the airport frank Hey, did you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, yeah, so I watched them perform out here in, in LA and I wanted Honor to meet Frank because that was his favorite rapper. So I went through hoops to get that to happen, you know? <laughs> and in the process, I ended up performing. So I got- Yeah. <laughs> With Taboo and, um, what are, um, oh my God. Oh, no, no, that was Indigenous People's Day, but this was one that was happening at, at the Grand Park. And and because how long, of Frank, how long was this ago? How how long was this ago? I missed out on an important thing. <laughs> I think this was like three years ago. Well, and I got I got on council, huh? My whole life just turned and everything just went like crazy. Because at that time, I was still part of this guy's um, record label. I didn't even right? know. Oh, oh yeah, the way on my old Instagram, there was still videos and pictures and things about how he would take us certain places there was a lot of good that came out of it that i was with performing it was a lot of fun but there was so much toxicity in the background i was learning what i Dang. didn't want so i went and I, I watched the dream warriors perform right and uh -huh. i was just i want to be with them because they're just like they're just so filled with love and uh -huh. and of understanding you know, like it was cool to be native with them. And the way they'd mm -hmm. be like, hey, go out there and heal it. To me, I was like, man, that's good medicine. I want to be a part of them. Mm -hmm. And so I put it in the universe. I was like, I want to change. I want to be with Dream Warriors. I don't want to be with this guy. And some some stuff went down. He ended up slapping my hand in front of Honor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, Honor? It's never okay for a man to hit a woman no matter what, no matter how. It's never okay. So I left just like that Man, i missed out a lot i think it was the following year I w it went a whole year after i left that group wow. kind of doing my own side stuff that tanea reached out and was like mm -hmm. hey do you want to be a part of dream warriors to which mm -hmm. i cried and was like hell yeah wow and you don't tell me any of this <laughs> You never wanted to hear me. You never wanted to talk to me? Like, <laughs> wow. Pregnant, your yes, honey. Pregnant, yes. That was pregnant Yendi. Then. No, that was um, <laughs> newborn Yendi. Oh, yeah. We just had Yanessa. Like, it was in yeah, that stage. Yeah, it, was. it was in that era. 
it was, you know, it was a crazy experience, but I, I'm not going to regret a moment of it. I just, I also don't, I don't want to go doing lawsuits and all that other toxic stuff either. I just let it go. You learn from it. Yeah. yeah. There was a time that he was like, Mija, what are you going to do? Are you going to sue me? And I was like, nah, homie, I'm from the barrio. We don't get down like that. <laughs> take some tacos, though. <laughs> but you know what? He does owe me money, though. So, yeah, I'm like, I think I'm oh. free food, though. No. <laughs> wow. Damn. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, let me see. Another thing we want to touch on, too. Um, we kind of touched on this subject about the two worlds. How you have, like, your culture world. Let's say, you know, like, just an example. Like, you have your culture world. Then you have, like, this... I don't know what you call it, like modern or society world. Yeah, it's like you're living in two worlds because you have this culture, but then sometimes you can't share that with other people or they don't understand. Like, spirituality you know, like, world. Yeah, spirituality world. So it's like, how do you handle that? <clears throat> or um, right, like that's what we want to know, like how she handled it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just quit my job, eh? <laughs> 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 which I, I actually did though. I did. Um, I guess I'm really blessed because I work in the kind of um, industry, you know, as a massage therapist and energy worker and like all of that realm that I work in, people are seeking somebody like me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's true. I'm, I'm not going to give them all of our ins and outs of our culture, our cultural mm -hmm. ways and, and um, ceremonies. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I bring, my nativism to the table because I, I can't separate myself from that you know mm -hmm. and when um when this whole thing went down recently with the black lives matter you know um with george floyd and everything there was some racist things that had taken place at my job where i i don't know the exact thing but it did lead me to quit is that either um my manager was being super toxic because we've had me and her have had disputes over mm -hmm. my genetity where she's so ignorant and racist and would say really racist ignorant things and i would i would respectfully mm -hmm. let her know you know and she didn't mm -hmm. like how big of you <laughs> she didn't like the way she's getting you know told that she's wrong because she she believed with all her heart she wasn't being a racist you know, and I'm like, you have to understand if a native person is telling you that that's not right, then just leave it alone because you're not native. Mm -hmm. So how you could you understand? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And so we would have these disputes. So now fast forward to this whole George Floyd happening. Um, she tells the owner that um, three people have called and complained about me being native, <laughs> that I'm pushing my native on them. And so one of them. <laughs> I, you think it's funny now? Hold on. Oh, hold on. man. No. I made, him, I made him supposedly no. call me by my Indian name. He wasn't allowed to call me Jessa anymore. <laughs> Keep going. And I was just like, my Indian name. First of all, I don't even like the word Indian. When the uh -huh. hell? So uh -huh. <laughs> it was the three stories that you know supposedly were happening so I told her I was like all right well check it out if that really went down <clears throat> I want to know word for word what was said right because these are in messages write them down I want to know the egg was said and I want to know the date 
that it was said. And she was like, okay. And then comes back and tells me, oh, well, the owner says that it's invasion of privacy and I can't do that. And I said, I didn't ask for their names. I don't even mm -hmm. want their names at all. What I want is the information that I asked for because right now what this is, is defamation of character. Mm -hmm. There you go. And um, that was it. I never, it. <laughs> I never heard anything again. And I just decided like, you know what? I don't, I don't have anything to do with them. I'm still like, you know, again, it's a, it could be a lawsuit. Not only the toxic environment, but the racism, like everything. And even the owner um, came at me with some really disrespectful things during our meeting, you know. And so I just said, you know what, because of the toxicity, I, I'm going to just step back right now. And I'm going to just focus on other avenues. But I have my clientele, right, that that's what they love. That's what they came for every single time was they, they'd like be like, tell me something else about you being Native. That's so amazing. Uh you know and then mm -hmm. one thing that i have that a lot of the other therapists that I come across doesn't have is that connection to um like the saying goes we're all related and there's a deeper connection to that saying that people don't understand and in the work that i do i'm able to pull that across in through my body and out into their bodies and they feel it and i've had people cry on the table and be like, what is that that you did that nobody's ever done? Like, I felt it, you know, and it's undescribable what it is that I do. And there's so many people that are disconnected from self, disconnected from culture, disconnected from community, that they'll never understand that, what it is that I do, you know? But that's what people come for. And so in that way, I don't have to separate being Native to, you know, walking in the white man's world. But what I do have to separate is the understanding that I do have to charge people money to pay my bills. Cause that's mm -hmm. a hard thing for me. I'm like, this kind of gift is supposed mm -hmm. to be where you, you offer me what you have. I don't demand to you what you're supposed mm -hmm. to give me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where I struggle, you know? Um, and right now for these, this whole year, I've been basically t telling people I'm not charging for what I do. And that has felt so good, you know, oh. to just be like, I'm not setting a set rate, but I am accepting donations and the donations <laughs> have been coming in very lovingly, you know, so it's been, it's been a good balance for that. That's good. Damn, but I, That's a lot the, of stuff. <laughs> the music though, it is hard um, oh, because you know, like we grew up with like bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks, you know? And, <laughs> and how often were we bumping those songs on the way to the powwow or to ceremony? Or... <laughs> Hard to separate that, you know? And I remember like growing up doing, working with those guys, I told you, I had some gangster lyrics, like some hard lyrics, you know? <laughs> and, and I wasn't lying about anything I ever said either because I, you know, I'm talking about the life that I was living or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same token, it comes a point where you realize, like, you can't live like that no more. You're not a little kid no more. You got to grow up, mm -hmm. you know, and and that environment was just as toxic, you know, and as you grow and you learn, you, you learn a new way. So it's like me doing Cardi B type songs. I don't feel that I could do it but I know there's money in it. Mm, but yeah. I just feel like if I'm doing it, I'm probably going to just sell out. And like, it's like <laughs> selling your soul to the devil. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So 
I don't mind writing those kinds of songs and selling them to somebody, but me personally performing them, I just can't do it. Oh, okay. You know, so yeah. that, for that like whole thing, it's a little hard. I'm I'm trying to find like the the healthy balance of what's okay to you know, because like I'm sure you heard my song Youngster, and I'm talking about these people growing up in the hood and what it's like, you know, and um, the, I even talk about a home invasion in that song, but. Mm -hmm what I'm doing is I'm telling a story and, and they're true stories, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm just not doing what kind of music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's that for our listeners over 30 or 40? Google it. Okay. <laughs> How do you work computer? Oh my God. <laughs> and what about growing up? Like when you were younger, was it, still about the same thing like you already knew or you had culture in you like your parents you know um sharing it or talking about it did it did that help growing up um living in the two worlds how's mom and dad first of all yeah they're good <laughs> really good um it 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 really did help because like i said you know we grew up with the writers and and the choloism and like you know all of that but then we also had ceremony um, we had the understanding of who we were and, and it, from day one, it was always know who you are, know your roots, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a blessing. Um, but like, I remember, I, I guess before eight years old, I just seen us all as one big family, like mm -hmm. you know, cultures, you know, we were all one and the same. Mm -hmm. And then when I went into, um, fourth grade, I remember I went to the school. It was like all Mexican kids, you know, and it was cool. I didn't see any difference. We all looked the same, mm -hmm. but I was only there for two weeks. And then they called my mom and they were like, hey, we're going to bus your kids out to this other school because we don't have room for them anymore. And from that point forward, we were bused to a, like all white school. And oh. that was my first experience in like, I'm different because they're telling me I'm different, not because I see the difference, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or I felt the difference, but when somebody's sitting there going, go back to Mexico, you effing wetback, and I'm all, huh? It went over my head, and I went home, and I was like, dad, what's a wetback? And he's like, who called you that? What does she look like? Was she, did she have blonde hair? Did she have blue eyes? Did she have white skin? And I'm like, what? So he's like, go back and tell her, hey, okay, I'm a wetback, but you, you're a soaked back. Because if, if you're calling me that because my family crossed a, a river, what about you? Your family crossed an entire ocean. So uh. she would <laughs> her dad, okay. hey, this little wet bat called me a soap bat because she said da 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 da. So her dad goes, well, go beat her up. So she comes back <laughs> to school and she's like, I'm going to beat you up. And I'm like, I don't want to fight. I'm really scared to fight you. Let's just, and I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and I mopped her ass up <laughs> and it would kind of go like that for the next couple of years of like you know having to endure this racism with these schools that I was being forced into but I remember um when that all happened and the suspension and everything my mom looked at my dad and was like Joe you can't be having the kids you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she made us get dressed in regalia 
and she took us to school and she called a whole ass assembly uh, like you little white kids are gonna learn today you know? uh, my dad wasn't like go tell her you're california native go to no he was all fuck her go go just her <laughs> so my mom took it upon herself to say you kids are getting educated now and i'm going to show you the culture you know that our children are a part of um in this case we showed them powwow culture Okay. And then she explained to them about our background of being California. Mm. And so these kids, it was like a whole world opened up to them because they've been fed. Because the schools that I went to, they were like KKK um, mm. neighborhoods. So mm. they were like, hate everybody except for, you know. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was scary. Um, but Do you so want to share? Can you share the name of the school? Was it in the valley? <laughs> okay, was it in the valley? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll but, later. I want to know. Because I went to San Fernando Valley and North Hollywood High School. Okay. Because, yeah, everybody in LA and North Hollywood and, and the San Fernando Valley, if you were getting in trouble, you were getting bused to these schools, which was oh. that I was getting bused to these schools because it That's just... That's why you'd be going to those schools, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was unfair for me, though, because it was like all, all that happened was this school my mom put me in they had too many students and they had a oh. and so from automatically from that i was put into these scandalous environments you know? yeah. um but so my mom educate had us educate them and from that point forward there was a whole effect factor you know towards me and my brothers being native you know before that it was just an automatically you're a wetback and you're this and you're that you know but it oh. made them question their parents and and the racism that their parents were spewing out because there was more to it that they didn't know and understand. Mm -hmm. So we got to kind of like fill in those blanks for them. But mm -hmm. it just sucks because we're like walking educators and we should just be able to hang out and chill sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that's the struggle right there. We're always considered the bad guys, the cowboys and Indians and we're just chilling at school, man. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as they start talking about the natives, everybody turns around and looks at you. Well, uh. <laughs> yeah, I have the whole res in my crew. <laughs> so. See, that was a different experience, too. I remember, um, you know, because the schools that I, I went to, obviously, the educators mm -hmm. that we had, they're learning from white professors. And mm -hmm. I remember being in eighth grade and having history who mm -hmm. tap on my desk. Like, your people came from China and I was like no they didn't and just because I talked back and tried to school her on what I did know I got mm -hmm. yeah so, Damn. you know luckily my dad right uh -huh. my dad came and my dad was like nah listen lady you're in the wrong my daughter shouldn't have been suspended because you're an idiot and let me put you <laughs> on game and so my dad sat there and educated her See, that's why um, we wanted to start this right here. What we're doing right now is more for the educators to be educated because, like we said, they they have that struggle, too, of finding the right information. They Google. They have all these worksheets, and they do what they got to do, you know, to teach for the day, which is hard itself, 30 right. kids or whatever. And we wanted to share this and just to talk within the school system because, you know, you go to the school system, I go to the school system, and we educate them, and we try to have them understand. And we're just like, come on out and visit. Anyway, come to the res or come to the rancheria or come to the you know, certain area. We'll show you guys, and we'll 
have a little trip and then some of them do some of them don't but we always have a struggle too with our little city down the road which is less than 15 miles away them coming up to our reservation is so difficult <laughs> according to them but it's understandable i mean busing kids up there getting permission slips but the main thing is us doing our part going down there and educating the system itself even though we really don't want to because we know how the system is <laughs> right and that's always the struggle too but living in these two worlds is difficult because you have to abide by the laws and then you have to abide by our spiritual laws and our tribal laws and you know most of the let's say the adults in the room better term for the people that make legal rights the people that make the education system you know consider them the adults and we're still the kids right they don't really understand or recognize is the big word recognize indigenous cultures with aboriginal territories meaning the land itself right whose land you're on whose land is this and what are they all about even though there's blood and bones underneath the ground itself whole different scenario you could take them into <laughs> and yeah. then with the whole missions in california the missions are the main thing it's not down the white man it's down the missions for us out here in cali because right. what they did with the gold rush too yeah um, that's that's part of our culture here in California, you know, but we don't really understand. Tribes really don't understand here, but missions is usually the bad word for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like how they had their um boarding schools. We had mm -hmm. our you know, and mm -hmm. then at some point people were getting sent to boarding schools too. Yeah. So, so do you want to share your story? To honor I said hi. Oh, he's right there? Yeah. <laughs> I saw him walking by. <laughs> And he and he went to what was it an elementary Seven. school? Seven. Come here. I don't know You want to talk through me? Okay. So <laughs> he went to go sing and dance with my mom and Eddie and some power people. And what? Hi, what honor. <laughs> did you guys yeah. do when she said that? So they had done grand entry, right? Mm -hmm. And then after they they stopped the music stopped. The teacher was like, "Go." So after we did grand entry, we did <laughs> and after the introductions, then she said, oh, now we can start our class since you cleared out all the evil spirits. <laughs> did you say, did you say, but except you? <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of ignorance we got to deal with too with educators is, you know, first, before you have me come talk to your class, why don't you spend like three weeks to a month with me personally mm -hmm. and let hash some things out so that you know what's not acceptable mm -hmm. in, in speaking about my culture, mm -hmm. you know? So thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you, Honor. Thank you. You want to share that story too? Mm -hmm. What happened? He went to the California, to San Fernando Mission? Yeah. For, for school. For school in fourth grade. In fourth grade. And... My teacher kept pointing me out. <laughs> <laughs> when his teacher was educating the students on what was going on, which I will give this man credit, he did good research. Um, he he actually went through my mom for some information too, of what was acceptable. So he takes them to the mission, and he's and honors people, and honors people, and and so oh he kept honor, and honor was turning oh. to people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He said he would have him stand next to him for the presentation. <laughs> <laughs> the to honor was the token Indian. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs>
sorry. But yeah, that's something that I, I would love to see educators learn, is, you know, how to interact with us and our teachings as, mm -hmm. as they choose to share our culture with their students. Yeah. But those students remember too, they, they remember the symbolism and, you know, they understand what's going on and they get interested again. People on here cycling back. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Okay, this is why now since I'm an adult. I mean, us physically, we're, we, we know history, but then we get older, we want to understand the history and go back to it. And that's a great mindset, too. Um, somehow we want to learn more, which is great. I mean, but everything recycles again within next generation all the time. It's, you know your games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know one of the things that I've been trying to push is, you know, why start with adults in teaching them about what's acceptable, what's not, history, mm -hmm. how to treat the land? Like, why start with adults and all of that when in reality we need to start with the children? So I've been pushing that agenda of all of it needs to be held with, with the babies first, you know, the three, four, five-year-olds, right, from pre-K and TK, whatever they call it, and mm -hmm. kindergarten, and then first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up to fifth grade, like all of that every year needs to be, you know, gardening. It needs to be, you know, culturally understanding all of it. Mm -hmm. Because when you start as a child, understanding the relationship between us and, you know, the sacred grounds that we walk on, that connection will never, ever be lost. You, you have a deeper understanding. You're not going to think it's not a big deal to just toss this little thing off to the side. You know, oh, I hate when people do that. <laughs> you know, one time my, with my, my ex-boyfriend at a show and his manager threw a bottle down on the ground. He was drunk. Mm -hmm. And I just said, there's no point in arguing with a drunk person. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I went down and I picked up the bottle and I put it in my purse and I didn't say a word. And that was the best response I ever got because he right away was like, oh my God, I was so disrespectful right now. I shouldn't have done that. I promise you I'll never litter again. And I didn't even say a word. Especially, <laughs> I'll be like, you're so disrespectful. Da, da, da. The trash can's like right there. Here, let me, here, let me throw it away for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 